Ang was consumed by evil. For as long as you can remember, you struggled against your own black heart. We should throw him. Every man pays a price for redemption. I'm not looking for redemption. You have no choice. But I'll teach you to use your black shadow to fight evil. He became the shadow. I didn't see anything. I swear. Who knows? The shadow knows. And this is will. This is your shadowy will. And we're going to be talking about the shadow. So welcome. Welcome to shadowy sci-fi guy. Welcome to the shadow portion of sci-fi guy. And we're talking... The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. Not a blockbuster. Not even a profitable film. Because uh, the studio maintains that it is a quote-unquote failure. The film was released to theaters on July 1st, 1994, receiving mixed reviews and was a commercial failure. It made um, it made about eight million. The budget was forty million, and the box office was forty eight million. But I still like it. It's a favorite film of mine. Um, I guess I saw it probably on cable back in the day, a year or two after it uh, premiered in the nineties. And you have to remember this was after Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, Michael Keaton. And Batman Returns, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and Michael Keaton returning. Batman Returns as the uh, big bad Bruce Wayne Batman, right? So what I'm saying is that this was the sort of dawning of the age of comic book movies. You know, you had Superman back in the day in the late 70s with Christopher Reeve. And it was sort of, you know, coming, of course. You had all those. But the, uh, the 90s then saw... Batman, and that was coming, you know, 89 was the first one, I guess, yeah, that was the first Batman with Tim, uh, Tim Burton's Batman with Michael Keaton, Batman Returns, and then you had Batman Forever, 
you know, Batman and Robin. And we, we, we won't get started on how they kind of devolved and, and got a little worse along the way. But, but along them, along those little gems and whatnot, we had the shadow with Alec Baldwin. And so the shadow, uh, when you look up all the historic sort of connections and influences, uh, greatly inspired Batman. So, you know, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, who created Batman, were on the record saying they were incredibly influenced by the shadow. In fact, sort of almost ripped off, I guess, one of the early shadow stories. It changed it, of course, but pretty much copied a lot of, I guess, the plot and such. But so we're talking about an incredibly influential character, which sort of has fallen by the wayside because the 1994 film with Alec Baldwin really kind of bombed. I do enjoy it. As I said, it's, it's, um, I wouldn't say even a guilty pleasure. I think it's a very well-made film. I certainly think that compared to modern, you know, Marvel and DC films, you can't really compare. Looking at Batman, uh, you know, in the 90s, the 89, and then I guess 91, 92 of Batman Returns, it's, it, it compares very favorably. And, you know, in terms of production values, and uh, it's, it certainly stands up. Of course, in terms of a world, a comic book world or, you know, a fictional universe, whereas Batman has his Catwoman and Penguin and Superman has Lex Luthor, the villains of The Shadow maybe not might not be as compelling. And as we know, with Batman and, say, Joker, Lex Luthor and Superman, you really need that sort of, you know, two two sides of the you know, opposite uh, sides of a coin. You need that superhero, you need that hero and that villain, the, the protagonist and the antagonist. So this week, when Alec Baldwin was charged with involuntary manslaughter in the uh, tragic killing of Helena Hutchins on the Rust movie set, lots of the comments from the, you know, the pundits and the uh, all the talking heads on the uh, the various talk shows were going over the charges, and the district attorney, the New Mexico, uh, you know, prosecutors were saying how much. Alec Baldwin has been exposed and trained with firearms for dozens of movies. To date, they claim it's 40 movies that he either used the firearm incredibly, you know, frequently within the production or in some way. And I know, for example, The Getaway, that's, you know, with Kim Bassinger, his ex-wife. You're talking about many, many scenes. It might even rival The Shadow but as a fan of both, I recall, because of, you know, the superhero elements in action, it seems like the shadow um, was more, you know, more firearm and gunplay. Certainly in the uh, that fictional world, that I guess with the shadow character, his guns, and he usually, I guess, used double guns, he would use two, is very prominent and very uh, much, you know, a, a trope and a, uh, you know, a signature of, uh, of the character. So I looked up a couple articles. This is from about a month ago from Cheat Sheet. Alec Baldwin handled weapons in these movies prior to the Deadly Rush shooting. So they go over, you know, how many, blah, blah. Obviously, we've got dozens. It says, Baldwin, as it turns out, has plenty of experience packing heat on screen. His character, CIA analyst Jack Ryan, appears with a gun in The Hunt for Red October. He handles two separate firearms as Frederick Ranger in Miami Blues, 
And as I had mentioned before, of course, right, he uses two firearms in the getaway as Carter Doc McCoy. So he uses two in the getaway. And then, of course, for our purposes here, in scene after scene of 1994's The Shadow, Baldwin carries a gun, appearing as both the title character and his superhero alter ego, Lamont Cranston. So some people, I guess, they just heard about the, they obviously heard about the Rust shooting, and this is now well over a year. This week, he was formally charged. Alec Baldwin was formally charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, the breakdown in terms of what actually is the details of the charges, there's there's a lot of different charges. These are the main important ones. Not using a replica firearm for an unscheduled rehearsal. Letting the armorer leave the set against protocol. Deviating from the practice of only receiving the gun from the armorer. Not dealing with safety complaints on set. And finally, not performing required safety checks with the armorer who was hired without adequate certification. And I think that might be the sticking point with this. This young uh, Hannah Gutierrez, she had not much experience. And Alec Baldwin, again, this is an, a vital you know, bit of information and fact about the case. He is also the producer. So um, in many ways, he had the hiring power and decisions to bring on someone like Hannah. At, at least, I guess, he knew, knew of her and, I guess, approved her. So they're saying, of course, that he didn't perform required safety checks with his armor who was hired without adequate certification. So when, a, you know, otherwise known as a gun wrangler, the gun person, the gun guy or the gun gal that's actually, you know, taking the prop guns, making sure that they're loaded with blanks and they're safe, they have to have an adequate mandatory certification safety to make sure they're able to perform their duties. And I recall, like shortly after, I guess a week or two after it had happened, George Clooney, you can't much, you know, get much bigger as one of the true superstars of Hollywood. He even sort of weighed in and said, you know, I hope that Alec Baldwin had checked there. You know, did he check and why? Why did this happen? So I think, I think it's not even condemnation so much for for Alec Baldwin, but it's sort of like what went wrong. You know, from the time that you hired this inexperienced gun wrangler, the armorer Hannah Gutierrez that she wasn't even in the scene, and which is, I guess, another, of course, main rule. You, you, your gun person, your gun wrangler armorer has to be in that scene overseeing it. She was not there. Then this David Hall, I guess, an assistant director, he was the one that took from Hannah or made sure it was okay. They called it a cold gun and then gave it to Alec Baldwin. And we know the rest that happened. So when the, the trial, if, if it is televised, I imagine it will be televised. We'll see all this. And certainly if it's not, you know, each day we'll get updates. But that, I think, is the biggest confusion. And the, and this is the gray area. How could this happen? Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son. I, I mean, after he was killed on set in a, in a similar accident, certainly an accidental shooting, you know, Hollywood and all these safety professionals, like, we're not going to have this happen again. And here we are kind of back. Um, I, I recently heard um, one of the, I guess, union members, uh, the SAG after the Screen Actors Guild, she said, we should have every gun now to be a computer um, effect. So so every gun, she's she's claiming she wants every gun in a, on a movie or TV show to be rubber, to be completely safe, and then they can put, um, you know, the uh, computer effects in later. I think that's an interesting uh, idea. It's kind of maybe pricey in ways. I mean, certainly it would completely take away the, the uh, 
you know, the risk, but we'll see. And during my research, I found this uh, blog. Uh, it's called The Shadow. It's, I guess it's a sort of fan blog, the shadowsanctum.net. And this is an interview with Steve Carnes, motion picture armorer, and he worked on The Shadow. So they took, you know, his um, resume and they're going over it. And they talk about him having uh, dealings with Alec Baldwin. So here's the question. Did you get to meet Alec Baldwin? If so, what was he like? Did he like the 45s? That's the guns for the movie. I met Alec Baldwin on stage for the bridge scene. He was a very serious and professional actor. He was really nice to the crew. Every Friday, he'd buy dinner for our crew as thanks for the hard week's work. Alec Baldwin did not like the guns at first as he had a problem with the 45 Grizzlies. As he fired on the bridge, the pistols would stop firing. We did this shot three times until I noticed that because of the size and weight of the pistols, it was causing the nose of these pistols to drop and his thumb to hit the safeties. Once I noticed that it had happened, I instructed Alec to place his thumb in a lower position and it worked out great. So that's, you know, the only um, sort of reference and detail. But again, when we're going back to the charges and what this, these district attorneys are saying, that he didn't he, he didn't go through the training correctly. They said he was doing many instances. He's guilty of many instances of extremely reckless acts. They said he took just minimal time to get the training, and then he was distracted by talking to his families, his family members on his cell phone during the gun training. So again, this seems to me another big, you know, element here that, yes, you have experience with guns. The prosecutors, you know, are readily admitting that he's had 40 movies where he's dealt with guns. So maybe perhaps he didn't think he had to do it. Certainly, and he was the boss, he was executive producer. But they're saying that even he, he went through minimal training and he did not, you know, um, focus. He was talking to his families on on the, on the cell phone. And we all know as having, say, co-workers or even when we're in a, you know, a restaurant or a store, people get so distracted by by talking on, on the phone. So we'll see. We'll see what they say in the uh, in the trial if it is... Uh, if it is televised, I, I would imagine it would be. I I can't imagine them not allowing that for a lot of reasons, not just even for the spectacle that everyone wants to see it, but so the public knows, you know, really mu pretty much what happens. Updates, we can, we can of course, wait for that, but I think they're definitely going to televise. So check out The Shadow, though. It's a great film. Alec Baldwin does a great, you know, turn. He's, a, he's a, an accomplished actor. I enjoy the film. And it's really sad we have to come now to this time where, you know, people's lives are completely shattered. The family, the, uh, you know, the crew members. A lot of the crew members left the production of Rust before this even happened, and they were complaining about safety issues. So, again, this seems to be another big, uh, you know, element and, you know, strike against the production that... What was going on here that was so irresponsible that it led to this death? And then I, I'm pretty sure there was one or two other instances, not death, but either accidents or injury, I think, with firearms. So we're talking about what it seems to be universally recognized as an unsafe set. And here we are. 
want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being a um, sci-fi guy. Sign up person there. A, a, a fan and registered. If not, sign up. We're free. We're always free. And if not, we have the paid people, the $4.99. A little fee, but you get exclusives. You get goodies that the freebies do not. So register, sign up. Keep on feedbacking us. Keep on messaging us. Go watch The Shadow. It's a goodie. See what you think, and uh, we'll see you soon.